Hey everyone, it's Jonathan. Welcome back to iHeartMovies and Merry Christmas! Today I'm joined once again by Ashley, the movie oracle, and we're talking about the 2018 Netflix film The Christmas Chronicles. I'd never seen this movie and had almost no idea what it was about, beyond it being another Santa's Gotta Save Christmas film, but little did I know, it was so much more than that. Ashley had it on her list of her most favorite holiday films, so when I asked her to be on my podcast around Christmas, we decided that one would be a good one to discuss. So I had never seen this movie. I'd heard about it, but I had no idea what it was or what it was about. I'm I'm not I'm not usually into a whole lot of Santa movies, so it just didn't really mm-hmm. cross my radar as something like, oh, I gotta see this. So I hadn't seen it until you suggested talking about it. So this was a first for me. So what is it about this movie that stood out to you? Why did you choose it and you said it was one of your favorite Christmas movies, so what what is it that makes it one of your favorites? It's the first Christmas movie, I should rephrase, it's the first uh, modern Christmas movie that has actually ended up being put on my uh, like top 10 Christmas movies list. Basically, forever, I have stuck to watching the same films all the time, and guaranteed, I would watch plenty of um, new Christmas movies, but there was nothing where I felt in those. I'm like, yeah, I want to revisit that every single year. Like there was just something about like the Christmas movies of the nineties um, that had that quality where you can, they were like timeless where you could just always go back to them. Um, mm. And maybe Christmas vacation was in the eighties. Well, whichever, but those ones you just know, you can revisit them and they they still hold up. Like they don't, they're not set around a specific time. So they can, you can watch them at any time and you feel like it's still relevant. And then uh, nothing else had really grabbed me. And then in 2018, Christmas, Christmas Chronicles came out on Netflix and everybody was talking about it. And, and I'd seen the clip popping up on Netflix and I'm just like, well, it looks good. I'll give them that. I'm like, but I, I didn't understand, like, from, it obviously wasn't a very good trailer, because looking at it, I'm like, is this a horror movie? Like, this is some weird <laughs> editing. This Santa looks kind of scary, based on the way they had done the editing, so I wasn't quite sure. And everybody was talking about it, and everybody was posting reviews, and that kind of, because I'm a little stubborn, that kind of puts me off. I don't like talking or watching films that everybody's talking about, like, if I managed to get in just before I saw everybody talking about it, I'm okay. Um, but if it's after the fact, I'm like, mm, nah, not interested. I'll come back to it another time. And so I watched it for the first time last year instead. And I was just like, oh my God, I get what everybody's saying. This film is awesome. Uh, Kurt Russell is now one of my new favorite Santas. He is hilarious. I love that he has a really good message about um, body image issues and, you know, also trying to promote um, healthy lifestyle because we always associate Santa with, you know, the Mm -hmm. Christmas cookies and the drinking egg. I'm like, is he eating these cookies at everybody's house? Because no wonder he is on the bigger side. I'm like, we are fattening up Santa. Can we, (laughs) can we stop? And then, you know, he, there's this Santa played by Kurt Russell and he's shy. He's like, 
you know, you go to the gym every Thursday, you try to keep yourself in shape, and this is what they put on their things. He's like, I do not look like this. (laughs) And I love that. I thought that was um, nice, giving him a different look. It does make a lot of sense that, you know, Santa maybe doesn't look like the way commercials and product placement, you know, want to sell him as. So I like that they changed that and gave him a different look that kind of feels a lot more believable, like how the fur of his coat and his hat actually looks like it came from mm-hmm. an animal. Like, yeah, well, he lives in the, in the North Pole. He probably like shaved the reindeer one day and he's like, yeah, I, I can make some, I can make some pelt out of that. <laughs> Like, it just kind of makes sense that he, that's something that he would do. But on top of the fun aspects that we get from Santa, and I like that they really have created a lot of logic to try and explain how Santa can do what he does. Mm -hmm. Like, how does Santa visit every house in the world in a single night? And they're like, well, he can, he has a sleigh that has the ability to basically portal jump Mm -hmm. through the world. And he has the power of hyperspeed where he can teleport and move at extreme speed. And it looks really great. It looks festive too because it's nice red and sparkly. And I'm like, (laughs) see, this stuff makes sense. Yes, Santa is magical and that is why he can do these things. And it's like, oh, there's not a chimney. And it's like, that's okay. There's a window. (laughs) It's like, he's not not deterred. He's getting in either way. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, the whole film makes me cry. Like I'm kind of tearing up throughout the film and then I get to the end of the film and I'm like, (laughs) and the tears are free falling because it's also this really beautiful story. Uh, It's a sad story at the beginning, you know, this, this family who Christmas was something that they really celebrated was them as a family. They don't really feel like a family anymore because they've lost their patriarch who was, he he was like the one who brought the spirit of Christmas to life Mm -hmm. and without him, they just don't, have that anymore and they've kind of all kind of lost their way and santa gets basically this letter like a final plea of like just please help me i don't know where else to turn and and santa being the amazing saint that he is unofficially um (laughs) he's like well i i can't ignore this letter and so he creates this whole ruse um, where the whole thing is staged. Like you think, oh man, they all really caught and screwed up Santa. And it's like, you really think no kid has ever tried to do this before. Like, no, he, he let himself get caught and he created this whole thing. And it was for the purpose of I did not to... even catch that. That makes so much really? sense. I mean, I, by the end, I figured out that he had done everything on purpose, but I didn't connect the, the, the dots between his letter, Teddy's letter. That makes so much sense. Oh my word. I can't (laughs) believe I didn't catch that. (laughs) Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, he's getting everybody's letters and their, and their messages. And he's seeing that this is a family that's really lost its Christmas spirit. And obviously he's all about keeping up Christmas spirit. I love that little reference. He's like, He's like, we don't want to, you don't want to see what happens if I don't make my deliveries. And they're like, why? How bad is it getting? He's like, you heard of the dark ages? They're like, wait, that was because you missed Christmas. And he's like, it wasn't pretty. I like that his message about 
Christmas cheer. It, it's, it's nothing religious or anything like that. It's just about kind of that hope. And, and I don't have the words right. Cause I was probably too busy crying at the time, but you know, where he's like Christmas spirit allows people to imagine or try to be better than they are and picture that they can be better and that kind of things can be better. And it's kind of like that one time of year where we just achieve to be nicer people. And I like that that's kind of what he's trying to do. And he's kind of seeing this family and it's a family of true believers. Oh, <laughs> like they get their own little book that is like so cool. And they're like, Oh no, this one's kind of lost his way. And him just trying to do his part in helping that. And I, really love that and he has such a fun time with it like even by the end of it like the fact that mrs claus is goldie horn like i'm like oh my <laughs> god i'm like this is the best casting ever like i nearly died i'm like oh my god his actual wife is playing his wife yeah. <laughs> it's cool. like i i was fangirling and so when they're like they're, do they're doing a sequel I'm like oh, i can't Russell goldie horn um, yeah, but I think um, outside of the magic, it's not that he's trying to make people believe in him because he's standing right there and he could very easily just, you know, teleport and be like, see, ta-da, I'm Santa. Um, but he wants people to have that, that faith, you know, that comes, like he says to Teddy, he's like, he's like, you've got to believe. And he's like, I do believe. I see you right here. He's like, no, 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 no. He's like, well, believe in yourself for starters. But faith is something that comes without proof. And he wants people to have that because that's that kind of purity where everything becomes really good and happy. And he just seems to like want everyone to be happy. And he like feels really bad for people when they've like turned a, down a dark path. And he's like, oh, and you became a criminal. Such a shame. <laughs> he's like, someone's getting cold for Christmas. Um, I think he gets a kick out of giving some people coal. Um, That's the impression but, I got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's the, it's the family story, this family who is going through real grief mm -hmm. and it's their first Christmas without someone that they love. And I think that a lot of people understand that it's like, how do you celebrate Christmas when somebody who was a part of making it a happy occasion is no longer there Mm -hmm. And that's why I love that by the end of it, the mum, she's so emotional and overwhelmed when all the decorations are up because it's like her husband is kind of there just by those decorations being there. And that's all she wanted. She just wanted her family to feel happy again and mm -hmm. like love seeing her that emotional. And then like when the son, like the whole time, it's like, what did he want to say to his dad? And it's like, he just wanted to tell his dad that he was proud of them. Him like, Oh my God, this film's going to be the death of me. Cause it's just so <laughs> sweet. Plus they, they, um, I feel like they revamp Santa's mythology. We're so used to all the same things, you know, mm -hmm. the North pole and the presence and, and the sleigh. So the fact that everything gets a little bit of a twist yeah. to it, makes it all feel really new and exciting. And it's not the same Santa story that we've seen over and over and over again. You know, um, Santa and his wife are fit. So they're encouraging children to, you know, don't eat all those cookies at Christmas time. And the elves are freaking adorable. They're <laughs> 
tiny little creatures that speak elvish and um that one uh elf with the chainsaw uh he's awesome uh i i appreciate that and i of course um santa can speak elvish why would he not be able to that just he can speak every language but the fact that they went yeah we're not just making them little people they're little creatures and they're really cute and they're really fast and then everything every single aspect to santa is magical like his sack is like a portal to where all the toys are, all mm-hmm. the presents are kept and i just love that like even at the last minute when uh santa's on the clock and it's like we're running out of time and we got to get this done. It's like, we need reinforcements and all the elves come to help deliver the presents. Like, I love that. Like, I just love that sense of he is Santa, but he's, it doesn't mean that he has to do everything. He acknowledges that there's a team behind him. He has mm-hmm. the help of his wife. Uh, she's much a part of it. Even if, you know, she's not around till the end. The fact that she gets mentioned, you know, like twice before that, first when he loses his hat, you know, intentionally. And he's like, the wife is always telling me I should bring a spare. She's going to, oh, he's God, she's going to love this. And then by the end, when the elves break him out and the elves are even saying, Mrs. Claus told you to take a spare. He's like, I know, I know. <laughs> like even the elves <laughs> are making fun of him. Like, I love this. They're like so used to this married couple banter, like they're in on it. Like, I think those little things make it so magical and real. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've had something like that in a very long time. I think I would agree. And I think the fact that I ended up really liking this Yay! speaks to how good it was. Because, like, I'm not really a fan of Santa movies. Like, I never grew up believing in Santa. Santa was just this thing that other people believed in. And I thought it was kind of weird that people believed in Santa. <laughs> <laughs> so I was Aww. never like... The only Santa movie that I remember watching and loving, I don't know if this is the title or not. I think it's called Mrs. Claus. It had Angela Lansbury in it when she played Mrs. Claus. I remember watching that and loving that movie. But other than that, there weren't really Santa movies that I loved. So the fact that I ended up really enjoying this one, I think, speaks to its quality. Well, obviously, this is (laughs) the first one to really sell you. So I'm going to ask you, so what is it about this Santa that makes you like it when all the others didn't work for you? Um, probably Kurt Russell. <laughs> he was great. <laughs> um, he is. The story with the kids, that helped a lot, giving mm-hmm. you, like, an emotional connection, like a thing to follow along with, and it's not just Santa doing Santa things. Mm-hmm. The story was really well done, well written, and felt realistic it didn't feel corny like a lot of times with this kind of movie you get like corny kids doing it's like people writing for kids and they they don't know how kids talk these felt like real kids once in a while there would be a line that was like really and very rarely would there be like a how do you do fellow kids sort of thing (laughs) the one the one thing that stands out is not a kid's moment but like there was one right. point where the elves started flossing, and I was like, really? <laughs> really? The elves are floss dancing? Okay. Oh, yeah. I thought that was awesome. I thought that was hilarious. I just like, kind of rolled my eyes. Elves. I feel like that makes sense for them because 
you know, they're in the North Pole. They don't really get to leave much. So they're probably just used to watching like on Santa's monitors, like what's going on in the rest of the world. And they seem like they're very, they seem like little creatures who like cling to anything that's new and exciting because they just seem like they have these very excited personalities. Mm -hmm. So I bet it's like, oh, look, everybody's doing this. Like, yeah, we're going to try and do this too. And then it's like, look, we do it. We can do it too. So (laughs) You know, like we have them doing that. We have, um, you know, the one who's obsessed with the candy canes and, and he's just like, I'm sorry, Santa, I can't help it. I love candy canes. And I'm like, I know how you feel, buddy. We go, yeah, everybody's just obsessed with, uh, I like that they all have a different look. Like they're obviously the same species, but mm-hmm. each one looks unique. So, and then they each seem to have a unique personality, but then they, work together really well and it's totally different we're so used to elves being cast as you know little people or children playing elves and um it's very rare that they're like yeah well what if we just made elves a completely different species i'm like I can work with that. They almost kind of remind me of like furbies <laughs> when i saw them i was like these are like chinchilla rabbit aliens <laughs> <laughs> chinchilla rabbits but they're cute i mean there's something um about them even though they're you, you know the animals um more so um we have these little chocolates that come out especially around christmas time i don't know if you guys have them here but we do and they're called magic elves and basically they're just chocolates and they're shaped like an elf and then but they um have um uh like popping candy inside so that's meant Hmm. to be like the magical part but that aside from the fact that they taste delicious um it's just it's just it's just chocolate and pop rocks but anyway on the on the front, it would be like a different elf. It'd be like a red one and a yellow and a green and a blue, but they'd all be like in different poses. So you can tell they're different elves. And on the back of the wrapping, it would tell you, this elf's name is so-and-so, and this is what he does at Santa's workshop. And I'm like, I love these chocolates, not because of the chocolate, but because of the elf story attached to it. Like, this is how you sell me. This is how you sell me. And for some reason these little elves in the Christmas Chronicles reminded me of these little chocolates. Like they don't look anything alike, but for some reason their personalities made me think of that so much. And I'm just like, yeah, this just feels like Christmas. I'm like, and I want more elves. I'm I'm hoping to see more (laughs) of those elves. I want to see Lars and Gord or whatever his name is. I want to see more of them in the sequel. Yeah. I didn't know what to expect with the elves because I don't think I'd seen a trailer or anything. I just, I'd seen people talking about it online. I remember Mm -hmm. a comment about creepy CGI elf creatures. And I was like, what is, what are they going to do with the elves? I I didn't know what I was supposed to be expecting. It wasn't that. I don't know what, (laughs) apparently whatever I read, the person did not care for the elves, but they were a lot better than I expected them to be. (laughs) Well, that's good. You, your expectations were low. So <laughs> that does help. That helps with a it, lot of things. <laughs> it does indeed. Um, I don't um, read or watch reviews for anything that I haven't already watched myself because I don't. I think this was on Twitter. I, I, I wasn't like seeking out a review. I think it was just. Oh, n- 
No, I know. I just, I try to, even if I see people like talking about a film, like if it's one that I haven't seen yet, if I just see the words of the title of the film, I'll try to keep scrolling because I don't want to know anything. But I had not seen or, or knew anything about the elves. So I'm like, I didn't expect there to be elves in this film just because it looked like um, Santa's in the city. So we're not at the North Pole, so I didn't mm-hmm. expect any elves. So then when they did show up and then they showed up not looking at all like I expected, I'm like, I love this. I like when something doesn't do the same thing we've seen done a million different times. And it's like, well, how many ways can you depict Santa and elves? It's like, apparently there are still ways to change it. And here's another one. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I think I love that we keep a lot of the traditional aspects of Santa, but we do change it up a little bit. And I think that this depiction just feels a little bit more realistic. Everything about him, it doesn't, you know, like his outfit actually feels like, clothes that you would probably Mm -hmm. wear if you you know lived in a different part of the world like almost if you lived you know more up north uh getting into the colder climates you know like maybe like switzerland or norway or something like that where it's definitely going to be cold at winter time Mm -hmm. it's like yeah he looks like he lives in a cold climate and it works because everything about him, even his sleigh, isn't really that ridiculous. It kind of almost looks like a speedboat that got turned into a sled so that you could, like, take it out of the water and pull it along the ice. Mm-hmm. Like, just everything has a, a realistic look to it. So I, you could I think I, that's it. one thing that I liked. Especially, like, at the beginning, everything felt really grounded. And it wasn't really, like, the further you get into the movie, the more you realize how much magic there is behind things. But especially at the beginning, it felt a lot more grounded and realistic. And I think that helped the movie. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I kind of like that they gave Santa superpowers in a way that it just makes him more magical because we've always kind of seen, you know, for those of us who believed in him when we were children... <laughs> You know, you kind of just grow up thinking of Santa as this, like, really magical person. Like, Santa can do anything. Mm -hmm. And yet, there aren't really a lot of films that show us that much. Like, if I go and look at, like, the Santa Claus films, and I do mean the Santa Claus films, as in the Santa Claus trilogy with Tim Allen, um, you know, they they made Santa look traditionally like Santa, like... When you become Santa Claus, you magically, your hair will turn white and you will get extremely overweight overnight. (laughs) And it's just like, but why? Like, yes, you know, plus size people exist. It's real. But, you know, there are reasons for us all in the real world being the weights we are. Why does Santa have to magically be overweight? That is a very (laughs) strange thing to depict. It's like, yeah, no, no, we don't. It's like, we don't do skinny Santas. It's like, okay, cool, cool. He just, we just like, there's that, you know, that scene that's always been used in the trailer when he goes to his doctor and he's on the, you know, gym and everything like Mm -hmm. that. And, you know, he's like, so you gained a little weight and he's like grabbing his tummy. He's like, does this look like a little weight to you? And it's like, well, yeah, no, because that was like in a day. Um that's very strange and then suddenly santa develops a sweet tooth he loves everything that's sweet and high in calories and i'm like what what 
really? He couldn't stick to his reg- like the Cal like Calvin before he becomes Santa. He's lactose intolerant. Becoming Santa has cured him of his lactose intolerancy. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why can't we have a lactose intolerant Santa? You know, who like who was the person who decided Santa likes uh he likes milk? Maybe he doesn't. Has that occurred to anybody? Has anybody actually sat him down and go, what are your diet preferences, please, Santa? So I kind of like the idea that this version of Santa, like he has a life outside of being Santa Claus for Christmas, Mm -hmm. where he's just like, yeah, and every other day of the year, I'm hanging out with my wife. I hang out with the elves. I'm a master toy maker, so I'm really good at putting stuff together. I don't need magical powers for that one. And I also like to go to the gym. I like to watch movies. Like, I love that little bit. And she's like, let's watch a movie. Should we watch um, It's a Wonderful Life or The Grinch? Like, they like Christmas movies. I'm like, I just mm-hmm. like the fact that they like movies. Like, they're just <laughs> a really cute couple who it's like, yeah. what are we doing? It's a nice night. We watch some movies. Everything just feels realistic like he makes sense in the real world and i think for a lot of children who um in this day and age where i feel like the christmas spirit is kind of dying um i feel like these movies would kind of maybe reinvigorate kind of children to believe in santa um i'm all for children believing in santa uh i don't like um my aunt was someone who uh made sure that her daughter never believed in Santa because she didn't want to put in all the work for Christmas. That's actually what she said. <laughs> so she wasn't going to let her child believe it. I'm like, oh my God, you're evil. Like, why <laughs> would you deprive your child of this fun little belief that costs nothing really? Believing in something is free. And it weird. wouldn't have just, my, yeah, that was all to save herself a buck. My, I mean, my parents didn't tell us that Santa was real, but they still wrote like from Santa on the presents. <laughs> like they, they still did. Like, like we sort of pretended, but like mm. we didn't believe, but we just kind of, it was a thing that we pretended. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but <laughs> See, that's the sweet part. That's, that's just something that you do. And it's sweet um, because it's kind of that thought of you wanting your children to believe in something that's, nice and and magical and obviously my aunt was not that she's like <laughs> not nah, too expensive no 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 it doesn't even have to be expensive like it wasn't expensive for mom to write from santa on the presents <laughs> i know right but yeah that's why i get a little annoyed with um my sister when it's been like christmas day and we're to her house and may like the sometimes the kids won't have opened the presents so that we can put our presents under the tree as well. And I get really, really frustrated when we're handing out presents and my sister will say who the present came from. And I'm like, no, it came from Santa. And she's like, sorry. Like she'll give them one. And she's like, oh, this is from Bibby. That's what my nieces call me because it's the Indonesian word for aunt. And it's a long story on that one. They're not Indonesian by the way, but they call me Bibby. And so she'll come around and she's like, this one's from Bibby. I'm like, no, it's from Santa. And she's like, sorry. And then she has the next one. This one's from Auntie Ashley. I'm like, for frick's sake, just because you use a different name, it's the same things. Just just say Santa. The presents came from Santa. Okay. It is not rocket science. Because 
my nieces do believe in Santa and they believe this. I don't know when this began, but the whole the elf on the shelf thing, you know, little buddy, the elf, mm-hmm. and he watches children, make sure you've been good. And then he reports to Santa, like they keep up that facade and the kids totally love it. And they talk about, you know, they find buddy in random places. Like he moves at night, like good on you for keeping that up. But then Christmas day comes along. And it's like, you'll forget about Santa. <laughs> and they're just like, and this is from your dad. And this is from your grandma. And this is from your uncle. And this is from your aunt. Like, Really? Was it so hard to give credit to a fictional being? It seems kind of weird that she would put so much effort into making them believe in that elf and then not... (laughs) Like, I I, I don't know that I would want to tell my kids that... Like, I would still, like, talk about Santa. I don't know that I would want them to really believe in him. But I would much rather they believe in Santa than the elf. (laughs) The elf is always like that, weird to me. <laughs> yeah, the elf kind of creeps me out, especially when my nieces tell me about him. And like, because their dad puts him in really creepy places. <laughs> like they said, they like they said they walked in one day and um, Buddy was in the bathroom, and I'm like, why the frick are you putting this elf in the bathroom? What are you trying to say? He's spying on the children in the shower on the toilet. Does Buddy the elf think that children go into the bathroom to tell their secrets for Santa? Like what? And they're just like, yeah, Buddy's being naughty. I'm like, well, that seems a bit counterintuitive considering he's meant to be reporting on whether you're good or not. Yeah. Why is he acting up? That's but a good point. They, yeah, they go to so much effort and obviously their dad has a little bit too much fun moving Buddy around because I think he gets a kick out of like confusing the kids. Like he seems to <laughs> love confusing and ticking off his daughters. But I love hearing my nieces tell me about it and they say, yeah, I've been really good and Buddy is going to go and tell Santa that I've been really good. I'm like, but have you been good? And they said, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, sure you have. They said, yeah, and I help mom and I've made breakfast. And I'm like, wait, wait you make breakfast? Like, you're, you're seven. Well, let's go through the movie and talk about the different scenes because there's different things that I wanted to talk about throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. I'm now kind of recontextualizing a few things in my head. So I might talk about that when we get there too, because you're welcome (laughs) for the, for the first half well, for most of the movie, I was wondering why it seemed like there were inconsistencies with what Santa was able to do. And I was, I kept telling myself, it's just a fantasy. Don't overthink things. But then by the end, there's kind of a revelation, like, he was doing this all on purpose. So, and now with the, with you talking about the letter triggering that, that makes so much sense. That's, I I like the movie even more now that I realize that because it re it like it recontextualized the entire thing. Like he came there on purpose and he let them catch him. That was the part that I did not put together. I put together by the end that he was doing this stuff on purpose, Mm. but I didn't get that. He let them catch him on purpose. So I really like that now. I mean, once you see how he is and he's, he's super fast, he knows everything. Yeah. And he's seen, and if somebody sees him, it's because he lets them see him, but he yes. can instantly get away lickety split. I don't think Santa is going to be uh, caught with all his talents by a, a tripwire or anything like that, that. Or even that like, was- look, we put, 
we put powder on the ground so we can see his footprints. It's like, yeah, this ain't his first rodeo. Yes, that was that was what was going to be a criticism when I talked about the movie. Like I had all this written down, like there's inconsistencies here with how his powers work. But now that I know he was doing it on purpose, the inconsistencies make perfect sense and they're not inconsistencies. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. It's I mean, I guess it is um kind of subtle. We only get two kind of mentions of it at the end like one when he gives his hat to teddy and he's like but wait don't you need it he's like i don't need it i'm santa claus Mm -hmm. and that's basically that moment where you're like oh he never needed the hat he just always had magical powers to move around it's like it's like you sneaky santa Mm -hmm. you then when he's at home and mrs claus is like you're being naughty tonight he's like well, yeah, but it was for a nice reason. So, you know, basically he's admitting like he kind of set the whole thing up. Probably not to the degree that some moments got a little out of hand, but knowing what he can do, he could have easily gotten himself out of any of those situations. It's just he let them play out because Mm -hmm. they're all in relation to somebody who kind of needed to figure something out for themselves. Like with the police officer, it's not that he needed to like hit him over the head with, I'm Santa. It's like, no, that's kind of something you need to decide on your own. He's like, I can't choose that for you. And the the, the girl at the, wait- the waitress in the restaurant, like all he had to do was say a few things and she didn't really even question it after that. She like immediately believed this guy is Santa. Mm-hmm. And so she's just like, Hi Santa, good luck. Like she's just so happy. And that way I like when she um throws out the ice to slip up the button. She's like, mm-hmm. Yep, watch yourself. Like I'm like, yeah, that's right. You protect Santa. Santa's cool. I like that little stuff. So I kind of like this idea that Santa is so determined to kind of save people from going down that kind of a path and kind of save a person's like joy and Christmas spirit and the things that are going to make them happy because he knows that it's like a, it's a slippery slope that once that happens, you're never getting it back. So Mm -hmm. he's like, well, I've got, this is my job. This is what I do. And if somebody needs this, this is what I'll do too. And I really love that idea because it really does embody that Santa's not just this invisible entity that he really does genuinely care and have a passion and he this comes from not like an obligation but it comes from like a genuine place of he's just a good person who wants to do good things and see Mm -hmm. people happy whereas uh in certain other films it feels like it's his obligation um whereas this one it feels more like no this wasn't chosen for me I chose this life Mm-hmm. And I like that a lot more. It's a better message, I think. Yeah. Well, you said when you were talking about why you liked the movie, you talked about how it felt kind of timeless. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering if part of that is, maybe this is dumb, but the the video camera, it is sort of like retro. Even though this is, is like modern day, this video mm-hmm. camera is from like 20 years before and it plays a pretty big part in the movie. And mm-hmm. it, for me, it did kind of help give it sort of a timeless feel because mm-hmm. you have like a modern time, but you're using retro technology. Mm. And I don't know, it was just a little touch that I liked because like you start out the movie, it seems like it's flashbacks, but it's actually they're watching this video of their dad every Christmas doing all the different Christmassy things and mm. their lives progressing together. 
until you get to modern day and you realize the dad has passed away at some point in the previous year. Hmm. So I don't know. I really like the touch with the video camera kind of tying things together. I agree. I think, I think the fact that the camera kind of becomes a, a, a character in itself, it's not just like, Oh, they're, they're filming this. It's, as Kate says, she's she's kind of protective of it because it was her dad's and mm-hmm. it's an extension of him and it's kind of her way or the family's way of keeping his spirit alive because he was the one who documented their Christmases. And I think it was a really subtle but very effective way of addressing how the fact that the dad has passed away without making yeah. it this big deal but still making that grief feel very prevalent where it was just like it's the young girl and you know, she's watching all these old things and then she has to say that simple line of, I miss you, dad. It's enough to fill it in and say, he's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. This is going to be their first Christmas without him. And so the fact that she treasures that camera so much because it is an extension of him. And so the fact that she's using it and she's documenting this amazing Christmas experience, which is probably what her dad would have done. I think that that was a beautiful little thing because it's not just like, you know, it could have easily been a kid pulling out the phone and all that yeah. stuff, in which case it probably would have accidentally been live to, you know, stream to like Instagram or some, or Snapchat or something like that. Whereas it, it wasn't that it's not that they wanted to broadcast it. It was documenting a Christmas memory and uh, it's very crucial to them and their family. And it kind of made sense to also use something that traditionally it's like, nope, this is what we use because it's their Christmas traditions. Like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. no, no. We don't use the new technology for this. This is what we do. We have tangible copies. I like that. I like that so much because it's easy also to hold on to those things. It's like, look, I recorded this on my phone. Yeah. That stuff's either getting deleted or wiped at some point, but Mm -hmm. a good old fashioned videotape that that's staying there for a long time. It also helped it not feel like it was trying too hard to be hip and modern because that's another thing that helped it feel timeless that I didn't even think about till just now. If they had used a phone, that would have been another thing where it just felt like, oh, hello, fellow kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like, hey, look, we're we're making a vlog. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there were probably some people who were watching this, um, some young folks, and they're watching, and they're like, what is that? What is that this she is using? Because they've never come across probably. a video camera. <laughs> um, but I, I like the way that it was used and the way it was given a story. Um, you know, sometimes you watch a film and, like, somebody is using something but they don't explain like why they decided to use that when it's something so specific and in this there's a very clear reason so you don't question it even if it's old you just accept it because Mm -hmm. you understand that there's a sentimental value to it which i think just makes everything great i think that everything else that kind of happens in the film uh nothing is kind of set to look like a specific time I mean, maybe that car that they stole is a little bit on the modern side, but, you know, cars trends come and go, but that's really Mm -hmm. about it. Everything else was more like human to human interactions and in nondescript places. So they can move it fit in any time in any setting because it's just about people and talking and interacting and, and, um, 
yeah, well, nobody's going to go and look at the reindeer and go, no, 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 those are 1980s reindeer in a 2018 film. That does not make sense. Like, you know, everything, everything else is fine. And you can't say that even about Santa's sleigh. It's like, it's Santa's sleigh. Like, Santa's sleigh is Santa's sleigh and it works in any place and period, whatever it looks like. Even if it was the, you know, traditional sleigh, Mm-hmm. that still would have been fine as well because we just accept that, yep, this is what Santa uses. So, I like the design of the sleigh. It was sort of retro and cool and not in a way that you would expect. It felt like, I think you, you said it seemed kind of like a speedboat, but it felt like yeah. something older yeah. like that, just given a, a twist instead of just being like, a sleigh well, or, a bit more of an old-fashioned speedboat like yeah or like speedboat. other other santa movies i've seen they try and give him like a rocket ship or something and then that feels like too modern i don't know i just i liked the the twist that they put on there well they did kind of give him that again that i liked where it's like this sleigh is built for all occasions and in case of an emergency we have a backup system mm-hmm. should the reindeer come loose or whatever it's like cool this thing can turn into something else where it can be like controlled manually and mm-hmm. i kind of like that he's a toy maker and he's got elves that help him build everything so yeah he can kind of do that and we can see he's got controls that look very flashy but for me, they don't look modern or scientific. For me, they just look very magical. And so therefore, I don't put them to a time because of that magical feel. Because you'd be like, oh, yeah, I could see him using all this in the 1600s. Um, as weird as that is. But it's because mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not based in reality. And I kind of feel like something happened to Santa once upon a time. And he crashed the sleigh and he had to think, okay, I'm going to have to refit this for future traveling in case this happens again. And so I've got a backup plan. Like, Maybe this I feel is like that's... the dark ages. <laughs> <laughs> he crashed his sleigh. <laughs> that could very well be it. See, there you go. Everything's connected. So I, I kind of like that, even though we see it like quickly become this kind of self, um, this self-flying thing that can be manually piloted. I like that. It's not like it was just like this already. No, this is the emergency system. This Mm -hmm. is the fail safe for when something goes wrong. It it makes a lot of sense. And there's just a lot of context into it. And so like you could, like you just did very easily say, well, maybe that's because something went wrong in the dark ages and he went, okay, now we we need a backup plan just in case this happens again. Mm -hmm. I, I can't go through that again. Um, everything that like all the choices seem like very logical choices. So everything has a purpose and it fits in. So you don't question it. Instead, you just like, I see why you did that. Yep. That makes sense. I like it. Mm -hmm. I like it. Well, aside from Santa, we have the main family, which is the other reason that I think the movie works so well at the beginning, you realize the dad has died and they've kind of become dysfunctional. And I liked how realistic the dysfunctionality felt Mm. because at times like I kind of hated Teddy just the things that he'd do to his sister and at first I was like why would they write him that way it's like he you want him to be likable but then I was thinking like well sometimes teenagers are really awful to their little siblings Mm. 
and that feels realistic. Mm. And I don't know. The I hated him, but at the same time, I appreciated that they kind of made you hate him, and it kind of makes his redemption better because he's legitimately becoming a better person from what he was at the beginning of the movie. Because like he's he's out there stealing cars too, so he's kind of become a bad kid. What I like about that is again the context is because if I if I look at something like Home Alone and um, all of Kevin's older siblings were real jerks yes. to him, like they're all nasty, especially Buzz being the worst, Buzz being an absolute bully mm-hmm. and him often getting away with it. And in that film, there's no reason for it. It's like, why can't they just be nice to this dude? Like Kevin hasn't really said or done anything and they're just by default evil to him it doesn't make any sense whereas in this film we've seen these children growing up thanks to this little montage of all these christmases Mm -hmm. gone by and you see that from the moment like his little sister was born um he was he really did love her and if any time they had a squabble you know dad was right there to be like no 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 hug it out and you could see also that he really admired and idolized his dad and you can understand that now his dad the person he admired more than anything in the world isn't there anymore and you can understand that grief makes you do dumb things that you otherwise wouldn't do so Mm -hmm. he's just in a bad place because he's trying to comprehend a world without his idol in it and he's trying to deal with his own things and he's just not dealing with them in a healthy way which speaks for any person who goes through grief i think most people Mm -hmm. don't deal with grief in a healthy way i don't really think there is a healthy way to deal with grief it's grief it's gonna suck either way but Mm -hmm. you have that sympathy for him and you kind of you don't necessarily hate him right away because you kind of get it you're like yeah this this kid's having a hard time and i think it's clear that the mom she looks so tired and so drained and that is also realistic it's like now Mm -hmm. she she has to balance how to grieve the death of her husband how to be a single parent how to make sure that her children are provided for that the house is okay and and take care of all those things and she looks like it's gotten to her and and i love that moment when the kids are squabbling and she comes home and she kind of looks like she's just about fed up with it and kate she's just ready to totally dob him in and the mom's face she's like what has he done now where it's almost like she's gonna cry because she just can't take one more thing and the kid she reads that instantly she's like i can't do this i i can't say that because it's gonna it maybe it'll get him in trouble but it's gonna hurt her mom in the process and she's like no i'm not gonna do that and she's that like makes, um, that scene makes so much more sense to me <laughs> when i watched that scene i was like what little kid wouldn't take this opportunity to just totally rat out their, their sibling for a legitimately bad thing that he did but now that you say that i get it i get why she wouldn't want to because it was going to hurt the mom more than it was going to hurt her annoying bad behaving older brother I think the performances um, really gave those moments that context. And I I felt they were very solid performances Mm because, like I said, she looks worn down. And when she hears her son has done something again, 
that's really bad. She just looks like she's at the end of her rope. And even though she's like demanding, what did he do? That look on her face is like, I don't want to know. Like, please don't tell me because I can't take any more. Yeah. And her daughter can clearly read that. And she's just like, um, hides the tape behind her back. She's like, ah, uh, yeah, he pushed me into that wall. Like that's easier to deal with. She couldn't do that because she can obviously see that her family is already in a very bad place and people mm-hmm. are barely holding it together as it is. If she did dob him in, there might not have been a coming back from that. So what she did was a very selfless Mm -hmm. She was being protective of her family in that moment. And I think that was also a very mature act for a child so young, which I, again, I actually think is very realistic because there are a lot of children who, when you're in conflict, you grow up a little bit faster. And that has certainly been my case and you read things a little better. And so not all children act immature. Some can be very mature. And Mm -hmm. I think that reflected her and the life she's grown up into that she goes, no, I know how to make the big girl decisions and she made the right one there. And I like that she kind of got her brother to break down and do this silly thing of like trying to catch Santa Claus. And he may have done it originally just to try and get that tape back so he doesn't get into any trouble. Mm -hmm. But you can just see those soft moments where he's kind of remembering the good times they had Mm -hmm. and that's kind of warming him back up. And it, it started with her and then Santa did the rest. But I just thought that there were just a lot of really subtle acting choices where you could just read on the actor's face that for me just explained everything. And I thought that for them, that was just like perfection. Yeah. I feel like I'm appreciating the movie more now that you're kind of bringing some of these things to light. Like I didn't you're think welcome. about it in that way. But yeah, that's a really good point. I really like that. Thank you. So we get the whole scene of them working together to try and catch Santa. And they actually catch Santa, which, like I said, when I first watched it, that was going to be a criticism. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. this doesn't really make sense that they would be able to catch him. Now that I know that it was purposeful, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that a lot more. And you have them, like, chasing Santa. Like, that was another thing that I was like, why would why were they able to catch him? But you can clearly see that he's like super speeding across all these roofs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that that helps a lot. I thought that they were a bit naive to think that they were so amazing to foil Santa. Uh-huh. Like just that moment where they peek and they're just like, um, do you think he saw us? I'm like, he was literally looking in your direction. So <laughs> yes. I believe he saw you and they're like, nah, he didn't see us. I'm like, you know the song, right? He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. It's it, The lyrics are right there. I'm like, yeah, this dude saw you. He knew everything. He's just also had some persons to deliver before he jumped back in the sleigh. Um, yeah. But I love that because I'm like, they, I'm like, you really thought you caught Santa. I'm like, ah, you're gullible. <laughs> there were moments where I was like questioning the level of santa's omnipotence because he seemed to know everything about people (laughs) but he was tricked tricked in quotation marks by these two little kids (laughs) yeah the net with hindsight i'm appreciating their build-up of this movie so much more (laughs) 
I'm, I'm I will glad feel that I a could lot provide better. this for you. <laughs> I will feel a lot better on the rewatch, and I will probably be noticing a lot more things. That's, I feel like that's a, a hallmark of a good movie is like when you know, when you can see more things on the rewatch than you did the first time. It's, you think that this is just going to be like a regular old Santa movie, but they've actually put a lot of thought into this, and I really appreciate that. I totally agree. Even the title, I was like, why is this called Christmas Chronicles? And then I realized it's the title references more to the Pierce family than it does Santa Claus because it's their family. It's their Christmas Chronicles because they have been chronicling Christmas since, you know, they died of the family. So um, I thought that that's really like we see Santa on the post, but he's the selling point. But I, I feel like title really refers more to the Pierce family. That makes sense. I was thinking about the title and was like, that seems like such a weirdly generic title. Like, they couldn't they have come up with something better? But now that you mentioned the, the chronicling of the family, like with the video camera, that makes perfect sense. That, that makes a whole lot more sense than everything that I was trying to come up with to justify why they would call this the Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's great. You're you're bringing up things that I never thought of at all. That's, that's so much it's, more to it's appreciate. A, it's about a it. talent. It's a talent. <laughs> it's what I do. So you have them ending up in Santa's sleigh and taking off, and you're getting all these things that are kind of explaining how Santa does what he does, and he basically uses wormholes <laughs> to travel around the world. <laughs> And that's, has that ever been done before? I Like I said, I'm not a huge fan of Santa movies, so I haven't seen a ton of Santa movies. But I feel like that's a really creative twist on the story. I'm trying to think of the films I've seen that have um, Santa Claus. So obviously the first thing I'm thinking of is the Santa Claus. And uh, while he had magical flying reindeer and all that stuff, he really was just flying in a sleigh. There was no teleporting or anything like that even though i never believed in santa there was i would always try and figure out how it would work if he was real and the best thing that i could come up with was that he stopped time because that that would be like the only way he could get around the world in a single night i just figured like if he were real he would have to just stop time and then go yeah that was probably something I always thought that, like, yeah, he just freezes time. And I'm just like, Mike, but what happens if you freeze the Earth in its rotation? Like, what happens <laughs> if you do that? I'm like, does everything just kind of, will everything die? Will the Earth start to be destroyed? Like, my brain will go a little crazy on the theories <laughs> there. So I'm so grateful that there's a film that, like, without any exposition, just shows us these little bits throughout that mm-hmm. show us this is what Santa is able to do and this is why he can do what he does even to the fact with the very last house they're like oh no it doesn't have a chimney he's like that's all good he's like window yeah and it's like it's like magic teleporting like seriously like he could have easily broken out of prison it's just he didn't because he was trying to make a point Mm -hmm. um so and i'm like did you kids learn nothing tonight you seriously think he's deterred by a lack of a chimney have you been paying attention to anything that has happened in the last few hours? Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so up in the sleigh, I'm kind of wondering how surprised he was, but 
when you're watching the movie the first time, he seems like he's shocked and horrified that two little kids have stowed away. And it kind of sends everything into chaos. The bag is lost. His apparently magical hat is lost. The reindeer are lost. The sleigh turns into an airplane but still crashes. And they're basically stranded in Chicago, a thousand miles from home, because I think they lived in Massachusetts or something. So they're very far from home. Either way, yeah. wherever they were, they said they were like a thousand miles from home. Yeah. So he basically tells them that they're going to be on the naughty list for life. And they're kind of freaking out and they want to help him partly, I think, to get off the naughty list, but partly because they, what else are they supposed to do? They're left, they're stranded in Chicago. <laughs> I, I, I feel like Kate uh, is very sincere in wanting to help mm-hmm. Santa. And I think even Teddy to a degree um, has that kind of in the back of his mind mentality of like, what would my dad do? And so I think they're just like, they want to help because it's the right thing to do. I think Teddy is already prior to that. He's like, oh, Santa's real. I'm so screwed. I just jacked a car. <laughs> like I'm getting cold for Christmas this year. And yet he still does this uh, good deed anyway. And yeah, I don't think it has anything for him at least to do with the naughty nice list. But I think in a way, Santa was a little bit surprised in the sleigh. Not so much that they were in the sleigh. He probably knew that, but he probably just didn't expect one of them to jump up at that moment. Like you can still know somebody's there and they can still give you that moment of surprise. And he's like, oh, now you're deciding to announce yourself. Like now was really not a good time. I'm driving. Do you not see this? I need to focus. He's also really good at catching kids from falling out of the sky. So that's 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 good. (laughs) (laughs) I I think my, I think my favorite, uh, one of, okay, I have many, but I think one of my favorite moments is when he lets uh, Teddy fly the sleigh and Teddy crashes through the sa- uh, the billboard with Santa and Santa turns around. He's like, ha ha, take that fat man. Like, <laughs> that was like his way of hearing a screech because he hated that poster. And I'm just like, he really loved that Teddy crashed into that thing just a little too much. So after they crash in Chicago, this is where you get the scene with, I guess it's it's a bar because she, Kate says something like she shouldn't be allowed there or something. I thought it was a restaurant. I'd say it's a restaurant bar. There's like the one side that's the bar and the other side that's the restaurant. Oh, okay. So. That makes sense. They're trying to get help and there's this guy who apparently is a criminal and Santa knows that this guy has stolen a car. So they end up stealing the stolen car. <laughs> and they have a car chase they're trying to find the reindeer they send kate after the reindeer and then lead the police away from kate they end up crashing the car and this is where everybody gets separated because santa gets arrested (laughs) well santa lets himself get arrested that's true yes i wasn't really expecting that to happen i thought that as soon as Kate went after these reindeer, they were all going to just ride the reindeer to freedom. But Santa got arrested. <laughs> Which led to Bless. some weirdly hilarious scenes in prison <laughs> with Santa getting questioned and trying to convince this guy that he really is Santa by telling him that his ex-wife misses him too. And he's 
insinuating that they're going to get back together, which also makes me wonder, like, does Santa know the future? <laughs> uh, I, I think that was more his um, just understanding two people and optimism. And he's not saying that they will. He's just saying that you can. Mm. He's like, but you have to do something about it. He's like, I'm saying she misses you too and you miss her. So all you got to do is talk to each other and you can work it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sees the potential based on the fact that they obviously still love each other. And he's just trying to be like, uh, although he did seem to uh, know that the cop was going to get that phone call. And when he said, um, you may want to answer that phone. That's a little psychic, <laughs> but that may, maybe that's less to do with um, foreseeing the future and being that he seems to know what is happening with everyone around the world at the same time. So oh, he probably just right. knew at that time what she was doing and yeah. so that's how he could say your phone's about to ring because he knew she was making the call. So that that's sense. my theory on that one. That makes sense. Does his brain switch off when he's sleeping or does he see everybody <laughs> even when he's asleep? Like, does Santa actually get any days off, really? Who knows? I, I don't really know the limits of his powers because... I feel a bit bad for him now. We're kind of, I'm kind of skipping ahead here, but like later on in the movie, while he's still in jail... He starts pulling out instruments from nowhere, including a full-sized piano. And I'm like, what are the limits of Santa's powers? Like, I, I guess I could understand, like, when he pulled out the baseball card to try and get the guy to give him a car. That's a little thing. And he pulled out the little toys. That's a little thing. But a full-sized piano... <laughs> Well, he can, he can obviously make things materialize out of nowhere, like um, at the end when they're like, oh, no, we didn't get anything for mom. And he just kind of rubs his nose. And when they yeah. walk in, the house is completely decorated in Christmas. So he can make anything happen. Yeah. And I think it's more like he gives that look of pulling it out because it looks more appealing, whereas he could probably just like do this, a little flourish with his hand and something would appear that is probably ease. true because <laughs> i was I think, wondering I think, where the where he pulled the piano out from <laughs> yeah i think santa's just uh i think we can tell at least from that scene even alone that santa's a bit of a showman yes and i think <laughs> i think he was taking full advantage of that night because he's so um accustomed to working in anonymity that i think he was enjoying getting to show off a little bit mm-hmm. which i think is really nice because you know, why does Santa have to be humble all the time? He's doing some amazing stuff. Like, let him show off every now and then. He's got some talent. Let him have some fun. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I think he was getting, um, he was having just as much fun uh, doing all the stuff that he got to do um, as the kids were. So, yeah, I think he was just like, this is the greatest Christmas ever. So it's like, did he take the tape at the end because he couldn't leave evidence that he existed or was it more of a selfish reason and he just really wanted to watch himself on tape? Like, which was it? Now that you mentioned that, I bet it was that he wanted to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) Six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's like 50, 50, like one got to keep my anonymity, but also, Hey honey, let's watch this amazing video. (laughs) So backing up to when Santa gets arrested, at that point, he gives 
Teddy this thing. I'm I'm still not sure what the thing was because at first I thought it was the reindeer bells that he puts on the reindeer that supposedly makes the reindeer fly, even though I'm now realizing that that probably had nothing to do with that. But he also had this round, glowing green gold orb thing that I don't know what it was, but apparently was to lead them. He said to the elves, but also I think to the presents, because that's where they went first, but then it turned out that the presents yeah. also were the the portal to the elves, <laughs> because uh, when they find the presents, the bag is a portal to the North Pole, which I actually really liked. <laughs> it was really too. creative. Makes sense how all those presents get in there. Like when she crawls into the bag, and it's basically yeah. like she's floating through a present dimension. <laughs> I think that looks so pretty. But, um, yeah, no, when Santa crashes, um, he actually pulls out that thing and he does explain that it will either flash brighter or make more noise um, the closer you get to his bag of presents. So it's basically like a locator for his bag of presents. So that's why he grabbed it out of the sleigh so that they could track it. Okay. Well, in here, when they're still looking for the presents, they wind up at a church. And this is where they start like coming back together as siblings because they hear a choir inside singing. I, I couldn't make out if they were singing like the O Tannenbaum version or the O Christmas tree version, but I could tell that the tune was the O Christmas tree tune, but mm-hmm. like the beautiful hymn like choral version of it. And they talked about that being their dad's favorite song. And they talked about they hadn't been to church since he died. And he says that his dad would be so disappointed in him. And it's just a really nice moment of them coming back together. And he's apologizing for the things that he's done. And they make up. And I really liked that whole scene. It was really nice. Yeah, I think there was only maybe one really corny piece of dialogue in there that I went, oh, God, but of course <laughs> you put that in there. But aside from everything else, I thought it was it was really quite beautiful. And it was good to see um, Teddy, you know, let out more of his emotions and kind of process his uh, grief in that mm-hmm. moment because it, it seemed like up until that moment he'd kind of been bottling it all up. Mm-hmm. So after this, they end up finding the presence, and this is where Kate crawls in and ends up in the present dimension, and then later the North Pole. But they also, there's this gang that I'm not sure, like, where did they come from? Apparently there was this gang just wandering through this park by the church. It's a, a weird place for a gang to hang out, but whatever. Well, no, not not really. If people have come to like um midnight mass on christmas eve then there would be a lot of unattended cars so they were probably there to jack some cars i didn't even think about that that's kind of dark but it makes sense (laughs) yeah it's like where are we gonna find a lot of oh look there we go and then oh look there's a random kid that nobody is monitoring oh he's got a really big bag of what is probably full of a lot of expensive things that we can, you know, sell. Mm -hmm. So basically he ends up getting kidnapped. But meanwhile, she's in the North Pole following this little creature. 
I was like, what is this thing? I figured it was going to be the elf because, like I said, somebody online was talking about a weird CGI creature. I was like, what is this? This is, this is not like the traditional Christmas elf. I think and... also the pointed hat would have given it away. <laughs> yes. But they have <laughs> tails, too, which is where I thought of, like, this is like a chinchilla. <laughs> it was, so it was a weird design, but I liked it how different it was than your average Christmas elf. Yeah, I like it. Even their outfits are not, you know, like they have a cute little hat, but, you know, they're not walking around with those little like elf shoes that have the curl on the end and then the bell to go with it. I'm like, they really stayed away from some things that were too cliche. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, they're little animals, so they don't really need shoes, but maybe they just like to dress a little festive, you Mm -hmm. know, because other than that, that's what they want and good for them. Because, you know, little clothes give them, like, personality, so that makes sense why they'd have it. But, yeah, they were super fun and super frisky and, yeah, don't get on the bad side of these elves. (laughs) They will whoop your butt. So in the North Pole, she's kind of exploring this shop. She finds Santa's desk and she watches these video letters to Santa, which includes hers that she had made earlier in the movie. She was asking for a skateboard, I believe. Mm-hmm. And she also finds like a directory type place, like tons of little drawers that have like a record of all of the letters that have ever been written to Santa. And she finds a letter from Teddy, a recent letter asking to see his dad again. And that was kind of weird, but I liked that they did that even though it seems kind of weird that a teenager would be writing to Santa, I liked that. And then what you said, like that being the thing to trigger this whole thing, that makes perfect sense. And I really, I really like it even more now. I don't even think he did it because he believed in Santa. It's just someone very desperately reaching out to anything and everything, like because they don't know what else to do you know it's like i just Mm. miss my dad and i can't talk to him it's like what do you do okay i'm writing a letter to santa it's like maybe it doesn't make sense to anybody else to but to that person in that moment for them it made sense like like they had to do something Mm -hmm. and for him that's what he did well this point is when all the elves show up and she says what apparently is a trigger word when she says he had told her that Christmas must endure and they get out this book of true believers, which has her whole family in it, except for a blank space where, you know, Teddy would be. And this is also where <laughs> they start doing the floss dance. <laughs> Bless him. It's still kind of, how do you do fellow kids? But it was kind of cute. <laughs> I think they're adorable. I mean, hell, they could have been doing Russian dance moves and I still would have found it absolutely hilarious. I would have loved it if they did Russian dancing. <laughs> I don't even remember Maybe what that, that I don't even remember what that specific dance is called, but it's when you crouch down, you have your arms folded and you kick one leg up at a time. But yeah, I'd love to have even seen them do something like that. Like they were just having some fun and I'm just like Y'all are so cute. Like, yes. 
So she tells them everything that's going on, and then they all make a plan, I guess, to get Mm -hmm. back and rescue Santa. And then you go back to where Teddy is, and the bad guys bring this bag to their boss, and they start opening the gifts, and they're all full of coal. So I'm wondering if Santa was just delivering a lot of coal, or if the (laughs) gifts transform into whatever they need to be for whoever receives them <laughs> probably the latter yeah it was there's probably like a default so nobody can like steal santa's presence oh, it's yeah. like well you've been bad you automatically get cold sorry that's a, that's a good idea it defaults to cold just in case <laughs> well that's that's uh, one way to deter people but then again <laughs> These these bad guys are not very smart because you know coal can be made into diamonds. And they were just given <laughs> a lot of coal, so with enough pressure you can make diamonds. But they're all like, "Oh God, we're just getting coal. Let's toss this." I'm like, "Okay, throw away your potential for millions of dollars worth of diamonds, okay?" But I mean, uncut diamonds are far more expensive than the cut ones. I'm just saying, could have made yourself some millions. Or at the they very should- least, they could have had a barbecue. <laughs> but no they decide they're just going to chuck the entire bag into the furnace but teddy still thinks that kate is in the bag because like how is he supposed to know that there's a portal to a present dimension to the north pole well that is still the portal i mean if you got rid of the bag you get rid of the portal but i i imagine that um that, that I mean, that bag is obviously magical, so I don't even think fire would be a problem. But I true. think it was more. I, I believe that um, it was probably like magically fire retardant. But I think that the whole point is not to show that because it was about him, like kind of leaping into the fire to save mm-hmm. his sister in a way. So I thought focusing on that made more sense because it's about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he freaks out, pulls it out, and they're about to kill him when a horde of elves leaps out of the bag and starts attacking the Yay. bad guys. <laughs> I liked oh, how they first thought that this one elf peeking out was cute, and then it, like, snarled and jumped out and freaked them all out. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, like, growled and did something with its ears and i'm like now you look like one of those scary gremlins (laughs) that's what i was thinking (laughs) yeah i like it they're they're basically they're kind of like little animals so it's Mm -hmm. like yeah we can be cute and innocent it's like but you know sometimes some animals can be vicious if you pet them the wrong way (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so once the bad guys are defeated, they you go back to the jail and Santa is finally convincing this guy that he's real because this is the scene where his ex-wife calls him. Mm-hmm. And one of the elves starts cutting its way into the cell <laughs> and leaves him his hat, which up until this point, you think the hat is what gives him his magic. So the policeman lets him go free, but he just flies away like he could have blown away at any point and everybody is reunited outside and they realize there's not enough time to deliver the presents so they convince and i now realize that they were not convincing him of anything this is the plan all along 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> to convince him to help, to let them help. And they all work together to deliver the presents. And at some point, they only have like an hour left, or maybe it's one city left, and they have to call in the elves to help finish. And I was thinking, why didn't they just do that to begin with? But now looking back, that was the whole point. <laughs> he, he planned this all. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you they realize that they have missed a child because the one elf with his candy cane addiction had messed up the book <laughs> and a child's Bless. name was covered. And this scene was really cute because he only has like nine seconds to get into this house in Mexico City and they don't make it in time and he's caught, but he doesn't care that he's caught. <laughs> the kid was well, so cute. <laughs> technically speaking, he could have been in and out before that yeah. girl came down. He chose yeah. to stay, sit down, grab a cookie. He knew that he would be caught. I think he probably maybe has moments every now and then where he lets himself be seen to kind of maybe keep that myth or that spirit yeah. alive. But he always disappears before that conversation can ever take place. But either way, he was... I mean, he, he he did it on time, and he could have been out of there with zero with uh, perfect timing, but he decided, ooh, cookie. He's like, well, mm -hmm. you know what? It's the end of my night. I've had a really rough night. I think I've earned one little cookie for today. <laughs> and it's true. He did. Well, I, I just love the scene where the little girl came down, and I can't understand what she's saying because even though I've, I took two semesters of Spanish, I don't remember <laughs> most of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's she's talking in Spanish, and you hear her, part of what she says is "Papa Noel," and she's just so cute. And then she looks away and looks back, and he's gone. I I really liked the scene. <laughs> I thought it was sweet. I I love throughout the film, Santa will speak um, people's native language, and mm. nobody like even in that moment nobody believes it's Santa. i'm like really he just bounced from chinese to arabic or you know whichever middle eastern language he was uh, mm -hmm. talking i don't know how to speak any of them myself and then it's just like this one guy and he's he's like responding in that language and then he's guy and i he's like and i speak english you jerk and i'm like well that's the thanks he gets i'm like he was actually trying to be polite by speaking in your native tongue mm -hmm. like to kind of it was kind of his way of being like i know you and i'm like yep that is so modern day people not not <laughs> that seeing that it was too. a good gesture yeah so they get home before their mom gets home and i think it's kate asking will we ever see you again and he's like not if i can help it but he's like, but in the future, if I ever need two helpers, I know where to find the best I've ever had. And I love that the elves were like miffed about this. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? The best you've ever had? <laughs> Bless him. So he clarifies that the best human helpers. And they're and... very happy. They're like, aww. <laughs> and Santa gives Teddy his hat. And they mentioned that they forgot to give their mom a gift, but you realize later that when they said that, he basically magically decorated their entire house 
in That's a second. That's why he touched his nose and the jingle sound yes. happened because he was magically making it happen. Mm -hmm. And when he gives Teddy his hat, he says, don't you need it to fly? And he says, no, Teddy, I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> so this whole night, you could have... <laughs> and then I was like... Yep. That everything makes so much more sense now. He did all that stuff that I had a problem with on purpose. There was no inconsistencies. It was just him choosing to seem like he was bad at all this stuff. <laughs> yep. I thought that was brilliant. Yes. Just made me love him more. And I'm like, and this is why he is my new favorite Santa. Mm -hmm. And he flies away and he does a ho, 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 which he'd refused to do previously. And because Kate pretty much begged him into it. Like, please, yes. please, please, no, please, no, please, no, fine. <sighs> and Kate is filming, but realizes once Santa is gone that the tape in the camera is also gone so she has no proof so their mom gets home and she finds them hugging and they get inside and discover that everything is decorated just like their dad used to do and they start opening presents and they find gifts from santa kate gets the skateboard she was asking for in the video previously and teddy gets a reply in the form of a letter saying that he doesn't really have the power to grant the wish to see his dad again, but he's given him a gift that's the best he could do. It seems like it's an old ornament, but when he hangs it up, his reflection turns into his father's reflection and says that he's proud of him, which is really all he wanted to begin with. Just to tell his dad he was proud of him. Yeah. Which they kept, you know, they kept interrupting first. It's, you know, she's talking to him and he's like, I just wish I could see him one more time so I could tell him something. He's like, what would you going to tell him? Oh, look, we're interrupted. Oh, and then she's reading the letter and it's like, I just wish I could see him because I just want to tell him one thing. And oh, look, she's interrupted. And then mm -hmm. we get to the end and yeah, he just says, I'm proud of you. So I thought mm -hmm. that was really, I thought that was very beautiful and of course i was i'm every time i watch that i'm watching it through tears but <laughs> it's beautiful so that's the end of the story with them but then you kind of get like a little post not not a post credit scene but like epilogue i guess back at the mm -hmm. north pole santa is writing teddy's name into the book of true believers and mrs hey. claus comes home and she's talking to him and for a while it's like you don't see who she is. You know it's Mrs. Claus, but it's not showing her face. It's not showing any part of her body. And then at some point she turns around and you realize it's Goldie Hawn, the real life spouse of Kurt Russell, <laughs> which was great. I, was, I did not expect that. I had no idea that she was in this movie. I was like, that was a really great little touch to have her come in and be Mrs. Claus. I died. I was so excited, like for like one minute I'm going, <laughs> Goldie Hawn! Oh my god! Like it was the freaking best moment of my life. And then I mentioned it to my brother and he's like, so and I'm like, Do you I thought you of all people would understand my excitement in this? And he didn't. I'm like, fine, be that way. I'll just be over here, absolutely thrilled that Goldie Horn is Mrs. Claus. And her husband is playing Mr. Claus, but okay. 
God. Something. Yeah, I when of when the scene first started, I was like, why are they filming it like this? Like, why are they filming everything from behind? Why aren't they showing her face? And then when she turned around, like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was, was kind of a, a great little surprise reveal. Love it. And this is the the scene where they're talking about watching a movie and she's listing a few classic titles, but he says he has another movie in mind and it shows he's holding the missing tape from Kate's recorder. So we're going to watch his exploits from the night before. (laughs) That's a home movie. That's a good home movie. I'd watch it. We did watch it technically. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And that's the end. And I can't wait for the sequel, which comes out November 25th on Netflix. Eight days to go. I'm so excited. I didn't really think that I would be that excited, but now I'm like, I hope I have time the day it comes out. I'll see if I can watch it right as soon as I can. I'm really looking forward to the sequel now. Yeah, I think the benefits of this film is that it's um, directed and and co-written written by uh, Christopher Columbus and he did Home Alone 1 he did Home Alone 2 so I feel like and those are classic Christmas movies and I feel like Mm -hmm. he was able to kind of bring a lot of that you know that sense of timelessness and kind of Christmas spirit and magic I think he really brought into this and so that's why I think it has um, those qualities that are missing in a lot of modern Christmas movies where I'm like, yeah, this is a really nice film, but do I feel like I want to watch it every Christmas? No. Whereas I definitely watch Home Alone 1 and 2 every freaking Christmas like clockwork. And now I've got this one and funny enough, it's they're directed by the same person. So I think Christopher Columbus is really good at Christmas movies. Um, I know some people were saying, does Harry Potter count as a Christmas movie because they do celebrate Christmas in that movie? And that film was directed by Christopher Columbus. So he obviously just has a talent for Christmas stories, even even if one of them is Harry Potter. He was very good at inserting that magical Christmasness into it. So I, yeah, I love this. This is definitely the only modern day Christmas film that I feel has now become a Christmas tradition for me where I will watch it each Christmas and I'll get the tissues ready. They will be ready and I will cry. And now there is, um, uh, and now we have the sequel, which I'm very excited about. And the sequel is also directed by Chris Columbus. Actually, did he? No, sorry. Yeah. He produced the first one. He's directing the sequel. Um, the first one was directed by Clay Cadiz. Um, but the fact that he is involved in the production, it just feels right. And I like that. Now that makes me even more hopeful for the sequel. Because mm-hmm. if he's directing it, then I'm happy. But A lot of yeah. times you have the big name dropping off the sequel, leaving it for somebody else to do. You don't usually have them signing up for more work. True true and i i don't know i never like i remember when i got to the end of the christmas chronicles i'm like oh man i want a sequel never thought i'd get one here we are two years later sequel term well whenever the sequel comes out we will have to have you back and we can talk about how well we think that they did 
I have uh, high hopes. I think they're going to do well. Uh, I really hope so. I'm, like I said, I feel optimistic with Christopher Columbus um, directing. But, um, yeah, I don't want to be too optimistic because sequels do tend to suck. Yeah. But, yeah well. um, fingers crossed for this one. I feel like it has a lot of potential. And I feel like since Christopher Columbus, Chris Columbus, <laughs> I'm I'm getting him mixed up with the Italian explorer. <laughs> Chris Columbus, since he's signed on to be the director, I feel yeah, like that Chris, bodes well. It's all short for the same thing. Yeah. I feel like that bodes well. Hopefully. Like I said, fingers crossed. I'm I'm feeling optimistic though I am. Well, I think that's probably all of our discussion on the Christmas Chronicles. Do you want to let people know where they can find you if they want more content from you? Oh, my goodness. You can find me everywhere except my house. Don't come to my house. That's off limits. (laughs) Um, I am on YouTube, uh, the movie Oracle. I'm on Twitter at the underscore movie Oracle. Instagram uh, at the underscore movie underscore Oracle. Or I'm just at the movie Oracle on Facebook. I am everywhere. I'm hoping for one day to be, have reached the level of full omnipotence, but I'm not there yet. Okay. Work in progress. (laughs) Well, I will have links to those in the description for easy access. And I guess we will see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. Thanks for joining me. This is a lot of fun. Thanks again to Ashley for joining me on the podcast for these last two episodes. If you want more from her, I'll have her links in the description below. Hopefully we can have her back soon. I'm looking forward to talking about The Christmas Chronicles 2 now at some point. We're closing in on the end of the year soon, and while I normally take a break right after Christmas, I do still have a couple episodes in the works. I actually still have another Christmas Carol episode of every version ever that I'm working to get out soon. It probably won't make it by Christmas, but hopefully soon after. And then, depending on what my schedule looks like, I might try to get out at least one other episode here before the end of the year. Though it might end up being after New Year's. We'll see what happens. Either way, more content is coming soon, so stay tuned. We'll see you soon. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas!